Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The bats. Relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast for everyone clocking those late night DFS hours. This is our night shift episode for week 18. We'll break down the Saturday and Sunday night DFS slates. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And if you haven't listened to our full fantasy preview, uh, don't forget it's out right now over on this channel. And our player projections episode for week 18 is out over on the Fantasy Flex channel. Uh, Joining me to break down this slate, as always, one of the top Fantasy rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? I hear this time last week, I thought we were done with the night shift. Uh, I had no idea we were going to get blessed with two really good, you know, Saturday matchups to go along with Sunday football. So happy for uh, one more night shift. Yeah. I mean, well, one good Saturday matchup. The other one is Pittsburgh hey, and Baltimore. It's which, a football game. You could bet on it. You could play DFS. There's player <laughs> props. It's good enough for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are always, in, I think Baltimore, last time they played, uh, rest of their starters, they beat Pittsburgh in week 18, uh, back in 2019. Makes sense. So, uh, <laughs> that will jump into that one. Also, just a reminder, if you haven't joined the Action Network Discord server, uh, you can do that. Sean's very active in there. Link will be in the episode description. Uh, but let's jump right into the first of the two Saturday football games, Pittsburgh at Baltimore, Ravens underdogs by three and a half at home the total 36 and a half uh luck rankings pittsburgh number one luckiest team again so they're back at number <laughs> one baltimore's 12th uh so i mean pittsburgh you know laying over a field goal on the road this is this is one where i mean i i could see baltimore hanging tough here and uh you know potentially winning this game i mean tyra huntley's proven competent uh, as a backup before. So uh, any thoughts on the luck rankings there with Pittsburgh back in that number one spot? Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to week 18, luck rankings are very tricky. Um, it didn't do so well last year. And I think just because there's so many other variables, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to a team like the Ravens, where we don't even know if they're playing their starters. So I, 
I tend to just play it straight up. Um, and yeah, it does seem like a lot, especially considering the Ravens could still play their starters for the first half. I was telling people, if you think that's the case, take the Ravens plus a half uh, in the first half right now. Get ahead of that. Um, the other thing is, you know, the Ravens, they've been so dominant in the preseason, so they're very equipped to, to win games with their backups. They've done it a bunch. So this is a sneaky spot. Uh, I haven't seen where, like, the betting public is for this. I think they would be hammering the Steelers, right? Uh, but that's something I, I think will probably factor into where, where I ultimately think the value is. But uh, right now it's, it's too soon to tell, like, how the Ravens are going to handle this. So according to the public betting data and the Action app, 85% of the bets, 95% of the money on the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, okay. And uh, we've also tracked seven sharp moves on the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, I, I guess people have kind of on, on the same train of thought as, yeah. as us. It was like, hey, like this uh, this Raven team, even with Huntley starting, would be a pretty live yeah, uh, li- pretty live dog in this spot. So, um, with that being said, uh, who do you like in the captain spot? Yeah. So, having said that, uh, I like Najee Harris here. Um, you know, the Ravens have nothing to play for. They have the number one seed locked up. We've already talked about it. We don't know how they're going to handle this. They might rest their starters. They might not. Um, so, we don't know. But the as of now, you know, the Steelers are four-point favorites. It would make sense for them to be favored here, I guess. Uh, so the possibility of a positive game script where the Steelers lean on Najee uh, is certainly in play here. He's been dominant the, the last couple of games. Uh, he's been averaging 100 r- rushing yards and one-and-a-half touchdowns. Um, and he did this last year. He started off kind of slow, and then as the season went on, he just got better and better, sort of Derrick Henry-esque. Um and I would like this even more if we knew that Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen were going to get you know some rest here. That that's going to make the matchup better specifically for Najee Harris. Um, so I think you know people uh, on the Steelers side might gravitate towards George Pickens. You know he's had a couple amazing games in a row, or even Jalen Warren, who I also like. But I think this game does set up better for Najee to have you know a captain worthy type of game here where he scores a couple of touchdowns. Actually, uh, I'm going Pickens here. I like Pickens number yeah. one because I think the the public maybe um you know, or not the public underrating, but like the uh, the chances of a negative game script may be a little underrated with the mm-hmm. Steelers installed as you know three and a half four point favorites here. Baltimore plays the sixth most man coverage. Pickens three and a half yards per route against man leads the team, and just these last two games with Mason Rudolph, we've kind of seen Pickens uh, really kind of show his full potential. He's been targeted 15 times, caught 11 for 326 with a couple of touchdowns on 52 routes and, uh, you know, 100-yard games in back-to-back outings with Rudolph. So I think this is a good spot for uh, Pickens uh, yet again here. And hopefully Baltimore does rest some guys in the secondary. They've been kind of banged up in the secondary all year long. So maybe Humphrey and and Marcus Williams or Hamilton, those guys rest. But either way, I like Pickens here. I think it might – Probably be a close game, honestly, either way. So mm-hmm. going Pickens. Uh, who do you like for value? Uh, so this is tricky because, again, we don't know how the Ravens are going to handle this. But I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, depending on how it does look like they're going to handle Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. I could imagine them wanting to limit them somewhat just because they've had such brutal luck when it comes to running backs and injuries the past couple of seasons. You know, they just lost Keaton Mitchell. So they – 
even though Edwards and Justice Hill aren't, you know, the guys that you would think they, they would need a bubble wrap, I think they might here. So it, it would make sense to just let Melvin Gordon be the workhorse back here. Uh, so I think he could be, you know, solid value play. But again, it kind of depends on, you know, reading the tea leaves and if they make any declarative statements. Uh, but I think Melvin Gordon could end up being the lead back here and get, you know, 10, 15 plus touches here. Yeah. It'll, yeah. I mean, who do they have? I think they have Owen Wright on the practice squad. So, yeah, I don't know if they'll uh, call up anyone or not. Probably not. So, yeah, it'll probably be Gordon in those yeah. three. And if, if those guys rest, yeah, Gordon would get a lot of work. I'm going to go with Odell Beckham here. And, you know, this is another one where, you know, chance he could get ruled out or, or not play. But in the past, Baltimore, the quarterback has been the, the main guy to sit. The, the skill players have played at least somewhat. And Beckham is the one with uh, some incentives up for grabs. Mm-hmm. He would get a uh, 250K for another five catches, which is doable. 500K for two more touchdowns, which would be tough. And uh, 750K for 185 yards. But, you know, they'll probably at least give him some deep balls if he's active to at least try to get him, uh, you know, to some of those incentives. And the five catches, that that's doable. And if he gets five catches, you know, he's been – targeted down the field a ton so uh, that could still be you know even if he doesn't reach the 185 or the two scores which are unlikely uh, could still be a productive game for Beckham but again monitor make sure he's actually going to to play but if he is uh you know just because he's the one guy with incentives uh, I think uh he's the guy that I'm going to target for Baltimore at receiver uh dart throws who you like do you like darts Ted oh Okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like the Beckham call. If he is ruled out, uh, and you know, like Bateman, I'm assuming Flowers won't play. Uh, Tyler and Wallace would be like a mm-hmm. normal dart throw. I like him. You know, he's their return man. Very talented receiver. I'm shocked he hasn't gotten more opportunity. Uh, so he'd be in play. But this is Week 18. Let's go real wild here. Let's go really down the list, and let's go with Malik Cunningham. Um, as like a true dart throw, um, you know, he's going to be listed as a quarterback. He might be a bit expensive for showdown. It's like, there's a chance he doesn't even play a snap. So he is very risky, but since they have nothing to lose here, they might throw him out there and just have some packages for him either as a quarterback or wide receiver. Uh, but you know, he just has some massive rushing upside. He really flashed in preseason. So if he does get, you know, a few rush attempts or a couple of receptions, they give him the ball. Uh, he's more than capable of, you know, having a couple explosive runs or catches here. So I think he could be very interesting in large GPPs where I think his roster ship's going to be microscopic. But uh, there's there's a path for him to have, you know, a handful of touches here and go off. Yeah, I mean, there's even I, I, probably an outside shot he could get to start. I mean, they could be like, <laughs> hey, we know we know what yeah. we got in Huntley, we know what we got in Johnson. Let's just see, yeah. you know, no one's really seen Malik Cunningham, uh, you know, play quarterback for extended period so I uh, wouldn't rule it out so yeah I like that one a lot uh, I'm gonna go with the guy who you know I think a lot of people are gonna be looking to the Ravens you know you mentioned Wallace Cunningham uh, Treadwell assigned to the active mm-hmm. roster so uh, the backup tight end Kohler probably be in play but I'm gonna go with a guy who's in the normal rotation for the Steelers and that's Calvin Austin the third he has a, an average depth of target of just under 27 in, in the two games with Rudolph and I mentioned the Ravens do like to play man coverage. I doubt that will change too much regardless of who they're playing. So, you know, Austin third on the team with 1.8 yards per route against man. He's uh, got a, a rushing touchdown since they switched uh, offensive coordinators too. So, and he will return some uh, punts as well. So uh, 
like his all-around game here, and he's kind of a sneaky one who I think his ownership could be a little bit lower with everyone kind of looking for the right mix of you know cheap Raven players to use, mm. whereas the Steelers, they're still kind of playing still playing for real. So um, I don't think people will be kind of looking to, to bargain hunt as much with Pittsburgh, so like, like Austin the third this week. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's go to Saturday night football. This is a, this should be a good one. Houston at Indianapolis. Colts favored by one total, 47 and a half. 8.15 Eastern on ABC and ESPN. Uh, luck rankings. Both of these teams top 10. Indianapolis number two. Uh, Houston number nine. Um, I already bet against number two, Indianapolis, uh, with Houston at <laughs> plus one and a half. Uh, no, so sorry. I, I said the spread wrong, too. Houston's now favored by one and a half. So oh, the, Colts, okay. the Colts were favored by one and a half. When the line opened, it has jumped a full three points. So I got that good thing. I got that plus nice. one and a half. Um, I, I'm still in Houston here. I just think they're, you know, Houston is uh, a yeah. better quarterback team. And I think the Colts have been getting lucky all year, but you know, they still have a negative point differential, even though they're nine and, and seven. So like, I do like Houston here. Um, but uh, any thoughts on those, on those luck rankings? Uh, these, I mean, these would kind of yeah. apply a little more because both yes. of these teams are kind of as we've, you know, they're playing their, yeah. their guys. Yeah, exactly. No, this we would apply the luck rankings of this. Unfortunately, it's not showing much value. Like you mm-hmm. said, they're both in the top ten. Uh, the luck total is you know minus four point two, so it is indicating the under. This is a must win game, so you know both teams are going to be up. Could be lower scoring. I, like maybe the Colts play at a little bit of a slower pace than normal. Um, usually their games are very fast paced and high scoring, so the potential must win environment could you know, lead towards the under, but I haven't, I haven't gone one way or the other. I wish I was with you on getting points with the Texans already, but uh, <laughs> that, that line move has already happened. So I guess it's too late for me, but yeah, I would, I would be with you on here leaning the Texans with CJ Stroud back. All right. And uh, yeah, uh, the public seems to be on the over 62% of bets, 82% oh. of money. So that's kind of why that jumped from 46 to 47 and a half. So yeah, maybe, nice. maybe you come back on an under, maybe 
you know, throw some of the defenses in. It's kind of a contrarian play, but uh, what about the captain spot? Who do you like? Yeah, I'm going with Nico Collins here. Um, you know, we've seen his playing time ramp up uh, in back-to-back games since his return. So wouldn't be shocked if we see that trend continue um, and have him top, you know, 80, 85% routes run rate this week. It's a must-win game. So you might as well just max out someone like Nico Collins. Um, saw a target on 33% of his routes last week, which is elite uh, with CJ Stroud back. And, you know, Noah Brown and Robert Woods are banged up right now. Tank Dell's obviously out for the season. So we could see Collins uh, see even more targets here. So um, I I think just given the percentage of targets he could be getting from CJ Stroud here, it does make sense for him uh, to be, uh, you know, an optimal captain type of play here. Yeah, he's, I mean, he should be the number one, guy no matter what uh even if those guys are healthy i think nico yeah. has kind of established himself especially without dell as that number one guy uh for me speaking of number one guys gotta go with michael Pittman jr here uh eight or more catches in 10 of his 15 games and remember one of them he got knocked out in so really 10 of 14 fully healthy games um a little bit quieter these last couple of weeks but um i do expect the colts to be trailing more often than not. So I, I think this is a good spot for Pittman. Houston is number 27 in DVOA against number one wide receivers, uh, giving up the, uh, giving up 81, uh, 88.1, excuse me, schedule adjusted yards per game to number one wide receivers. That's second most according to FTN. So a uh, good matchup here for Pittman. Remember this Houston defense was the one I gave up that, that big, you know, 200 plus yard game to Amari Cooper a couple weeks ago. So uh, could see a, a lot of uh, production from Pittman yet again. So like him uh, in the captain spot over Jonathan Taylor, who's just been a little bit, uh, a little bit off these last, uh, mm-hmm. last few weeks. Uh, who do you like for word value? Uh, I like Dalton Schultz, just, you know, again, investing in the Texans pass offense with CJ Stroud back uh, and Noah Brown and Robert Woods. If, you know, one or both are outer limited. That's going to lead to more targets for Schultz as well. Um, he also is an incentives uh, play this week where he needs six receptions uh, for quarter million dollars and 107 yards for another quarter million. Um, those are both in range for him specifically. It's it's already a matchup that does set up for more of a ceiling game for him. The Colts, uh, very so zone heavy uh, defense. So, you know, Schultz typically gets... Uh, more production against zone. Um, so it makes sense. He's going to be one of the top plays in this game. You could even use him in the captain slot as a semi-contrarian play. But overall, I think he's a great you know value play here. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schultz this week a lot. He's inside, uh, I think he's my tight end five for the week. So yeah, he's up makes there. Makes sense. Uh, I'm going with Devin Singletary here. Last six games with Damian Pierce back, 19 touches, 99 scrimmage yards per game. Only one touchdown, so getting a little unlucky in that category. But uh, Indianapolis 24th in DVOA against the run. Uh, Singletary actually does have an incentive. He gets, I think it's 165 yards. Uh, he gets uh, like 125K, so not a big incentive. Doubt, you know, doubt he gets there, but it's a little bonus. But either way, I expect Houston to have more of a positive game script. Pierce, you know, the coaching staff mentioned he's been kind of learning a new They've changed their scheme apparently since Pierce first went down with injury. Uh, so that's kind of why Pierce hasn't really been seeing as much work. So Singletary, good bet for 15 to 20 touches. Yet again, must win game. Colts 24th in DVOA against the run. So uh like Singletary this week for Houston. Uh, who do you like for dart throws? 
Uh, I like Kylan Granson, um, you know, because Andrew Ogletree's arrest, you know, landed him on the commissioner exempt list. Um, so that this four-way tight end committee for the Colts has now turned into more of a three-way committee. Um, and actually last week it was more of a two-way committee because, again, it's almost impossible to project these guys, but Will Mallory's playing time took a huge hit and Mo Cox went way up. Uh, but the only consistent guy in this tight end group has been Kylan Granson. We can usually pencil him in for around a 45% routes run rate. Uh, that's where he's been over the last four. Uh, but he's also seen a pretty solid target rate of 23% over that stretch. He's actually had two games of 60-plus yards uh, over the last five. So that, w- that would be more than enough uh, on a single-game slate to, to land him in the winning lineups. So, you know, he's the starting and lead tight end for the Colts. So he's, you know, not that much of a dart throw but i think you know his roster ship will be about lower so i think he's a guy that's kind of sneaky uh and has a higher floor than people realize yeah he's been he's been playing well and especially when you take one of those guys out of the mix that that does give yeah. at least yeah. some some type of floor because when it was four guys splitting i mean they were all running around like 25 30 <laughs> percent so now he's granted back up in the 50s which is what he's yep. been in uh most of the year i'm gonna go to the tight end as well uh brevin jordan for the texans he played uh, 47% of the pass snaps, even with Schultz active last week. Ran around on 32% of the dropbacks. He's had multiple catches each of the last two games. And the Colts, according to FTN, giving up the third most schedule-adjusted targets and the ninth most schedule-adjusted yards to tight ends. Jordan's look good out there. He's playing a lot. Sometimes Schultz actually comes out of the game in, in certain personnel groupings. So, um, you know, Jordan, I think, is a guy who – you know, could could get a little more playing time than we are, you know, than he was earlier in the year, or than the Texans' number two tight end was earlier in the year. So, uh, like Jordan to keep it rolling here. I think I thought he looked good as a receiver uh, over these past uh, past month or so. Yeah, like if uh, Brown and Woods and or Woods uh, mm-hmm. neither have practiced yet, it does look like they're they're going to be game time decisions. It's a shorter week. They could use more two tight end sets if one or both are out. So that that could definitely lead to a big Brevin Jordan game. All right, let's go to the season finale. You got Sunday Night Football, Bills at Dolphins. Bills favored by three on the road. The total is 50. Uh, both of these teams outside the top 20. In, in, so both of these teams have been unlucky in, in the luck rankings. Uh, and the luck total is uh, minus 5.7. Yep. So that's the second lowest. So, I mean, we have we saw that with that Detroit-Dallas game where mm-hmm. you get a total over 50 and it's just tough. Um, to get there, like everything has to kind of go right. Any any thoughts on this? Totally think we could see a lower scoring game than yeah. maybe the market is projecting? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, the Dolphins play at a slower pace than I think people realize, and Buffalo is very run heavy. So it could end up being more of a, you know, slower paced run heavy game. But after last week, I think I'm off uh, Bill's unders. That, <laughs> that game had uh, 20 points with negative 13 net passing yards at the time. Oh my God. A bunch yeah. of fluky shit happened. I ended up hitting the in game under. Uh, and hit that but man that was rough so uh, I kind of have PTSD with that but I, I do think that the luck rankings uh, are kind of right here that this this game probably will be lower scoring especially if it's over 50 right now all right who do you like for the captain spot I'm going with Josh Allen here. Uh, and, you know, he he banged a, banged up his shoulder late uh, in the Week 17 game against the Pats. So something to monitor. He's a gamer, though. I'm assuming he'll play right through it because uh, it's a must-win game. 
So I, I think we're going to see more of a ceiling game from Josh Allen as a result. Uh, he's probably going to be even more willing to to lean on his rushing ability if and when needed. Uh, and love him specifically in captain slot due to just how he's essentially the Bills goal line back right now. He He's kind of always been that way, but especially lately, he had two one-yard touchdown runs last week. Um, so the, the QB sneak play that they have designed is really working for them. Uh, he has eight rushing touchdowns over the last five games. So when your quarterback's doing that, uh, it doesn't leave much touchdown equity for anybody else. Um, so I, I love using him in the captain slot here. Yeah, I'm going with Tyreek just based on, you know, he, I mean, yes, the Dolphins want to win this game, but uh, he also needs 248 receiving yards for the record and 283 to get to 2,000. So, I mean, there's always a chance that, uh, you know, he gets there. And uh, I'm sure he, you know, he, he, at the beginning of the year, he said he was trying to get to 2,000. So he's definitely going to be aware. Obviously, the Bills defense, very good. They actually shut him down in the first matchup, just three catches. So it could be a little bit risky, but I actually like that. Uh, we'll see if Waddle uh, can return here, but either way, like Tyreek in that captain spot, especially with, as you mentioned, you know, Bill's receivers aren't doing as much these days. So it's not as risky to fade a guy like Diggs as it were, you know, maybe a uh, month or a little over a month ago. So uh, we'll go with Tyreek here. Uh, who do you like for value? Um, I So I like Dalton Kincaid here. Uh, and last week he, he broke out of his mini slump with a four catch 87 yard game. We saw his route participation rate jump up to eighty uh, over eighty percent again last week, um, and I think you know his dip in playing time recently could have been due more to his shoulder injury than it was Dawson Knox's return. Um, who I believe he left the game yep. for a bit last week, so that that could have led to it. Again, I, I think that Kincaid will probably go back around to maybe seventy percent, but that's that's more enough for him to begin posting solid numbers again on a consistent basis. So. Uh, I'm ready to hop right back on the Kincaid train here, and I, I think he has a good game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kincaid is like my tight end. He's like in my top six as well, just with all nice. the guys sitting out. Yeah. I'm going to go with Shakir here, though. I think he's interesting because, um, you know, number one, it could, I mean, it could be a shootout, still a total of 50. So, you know, the more points Miami can score, the more the Bills are likely to use that three wide receiver sets. And uh, I think he's an interesting pivot off Kincaid. I, I guess, yeah, I think Knox, he, I know he left with a head injury. I think he came back. I'm not sure. But if he's out, that's obviously even better for Shakir. Um, but either way, I think Shakir will be somewhat of a contrarian play, especially if Knox suits up just because, you know, no real, um, no real, nothing really to hang your hat on with Shakir. But he's been solid. Uh, over these last few games, you know, still putting up, you know, three, four catches uh, each of the last couple of games. Before that, he had a couple of down ones. So I like the volatility. He got a rushing attempt last week, first one, 10-yard gain on that. So they have other ways to get him the ball. So he's a guy that shouldn't be too popular. And uh, I think he, he has a, an avenue to a, to a big game. Yeah. Who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, we're going with a fullback here. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Oh, look at the fullback. Down the sideline. Big setup. Lovely. Touchdown. Like a runaway beer truck down the sideline. Yeah, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullbacks straight again. Uh, of course, I'm <laughs> going with Alec Ingold. Um, you know, in a game where there's a ton of high-end options, we probably need to go ultra-cheap somewhere to save up and also to have you know 
uh, a unique lineup. So I think Ingold could be interesting here to have at least some flyers. Uh, he's he's always thinking because he's essentially the Kyle Juszczyk in this East Coast version of the Shanahan offense uh, under Mike McDaniel. So he's typically good for, you know, one or two catches a game. Uh, and typically, you know, they go for more than 10 yards. Uh, usually he's running around on, say, 30% of Tua's dropbacks. So there's some potential uh, for him to, you know, pop here. And he's usually good for one to two touchdowns a season. Uh, this year's the first season in his five-year career where he doesn't have a touchdown yet. So he has one game left to change that. But it just goes to show that one in every, you know, 10 to 15 games, he's going to score a touchdown. So that in that scenario, he's going to be needed to take down the GPPs. So whatever his roster ship is, it's probably going to be lower than, you know, the percent of the time he will end up in the winning lineup. So I think this is a spot where uh, Al Kingold could make sense to have in a couple lineups in some of these bigger GPPs. Yeah, imagine this is the game he just gets gets that touchdown. I mean, that would that would be big. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, nah, I yeah. I don't hate it. I think he especially with just so many like there's uh you know the Bills have a fullback. They might you know they have a backup tight end. So there's gonna be a lot of different like, mm, different yeah. guys like in that cheap range that people are gonna look at. So I don't think he should be too high on either. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cedric Wilson Jr. He you know Waddle could be back, but. Uh, Wilson, even with Waddle and Hill active the last three the last three games that they were both active, Wilson still ran around on forty six percent of the dropbacks. Both Waddle and Hill tend to check out of the game pretty more frequently than your average number one and number two wide receivers. Wilson's usually next up. He actually led the team in uh, routes last week, so like him and for fifty seven percent of his targets have come when trailing. Miami is a an underdog, so that could come to fruition. And he is tied for fourth on the team with uh, four targets inside the 10-yard line. So uh, has a good bet for a few different ways to score. He could see a lot of volume. He could get a, a you know one catch with a touchdown, something like that. So Or Waddle could sit and he could you know get a lot more playing time. So uh, yeah. like Wilson as a dart throw. Yeah, and I, I think Waddle's expected to miss, right? They said he... Yeah, probably. I mean, he had what, like yeah. a high high ankle, right? It's usually yep. multi-week, so yeah, yeah less. Yeah, yeah. And Wilson's been his good. direct replacement, so he's a great play. And we got to just throw it out there: Robbie Chosen or Chosen Anderson, whatever he's yep. going by right now. Robbie, yeah, Robbie great Chosen dart throw. He's out there running routes. He's going deep, so he probably only needs one catch to break the slate. But uh, Robbie Chosen's another great dart throw, I think. Yeah, he's been playing over uh, Craycraft and uh, mm-hmm. Claypool. So, yeah, love, like him yeah. as well. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Be sure to check out the full list of luck rankings at actionnetwork.com as well as all of our fantasy and betting content. And uh, a reminder, our full player projections episode is out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel. Our fantasy preview episode where we break down the main slate is out right here on this channel. And uh, don't forget about the Action Network Discord server. Link will be in the episode description. You can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Rabon, and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.